the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. In this fourth part on our series on questions from the Bible, we continue to look into some of the questions asked in the Beatitudes. The main reading is James chapter 1. We're into looking at questions, 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 to find out where we are. And uh, Jesus used questions very much, didn't he, to find out where people's hearts were, where what they knew, what they understood, what they trust, who they trusted, what they trusted. And um, in this great first sermon, Matthew five, six, seven, we call the Kingdom Manifesto. He uses many questions. We looked at some last week uh, in Matthew five and six, and we're in Matthew seven now. Um, and uh, the questions that he asked uh, to see where we were. Right. Um, let's see who's done their homework tonight. First, first question, Matthew 7. First question. Why do you look at the speck? Yes. Absolutely. When there's a what in your heart, we ask? A plank. Well, let's read those verses so we know where. Uh, Matthew 7, 1 to 5, I think I put. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way as you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So he's using, obviously, uh, what we call hyperbole, the exaggeration, but just to get a point. Um, uh, looking, easy to judge, isn't it? Easy to judge uh, self-righteously and hypocritically. And as we look in the moment, far easier to see the errors in others than ourselves. Uh, it doesn't take any, any problem because, you know, then we are not at fault with nothing to do with us. We, but we don't like to be uh, examined, do we? And we certainly, and as we said last week, we, or I think I said Sunday, we certainly long, don't like to be told we're wrong. And what do you say? You never am. I know. Uh, we, are you going to say you've never been married then? I mean, uh, no. Um, uh, so this, this whole thing, Jesus is, is telling, and it's lots of little, little, uh, little things he's, he's got going on here. Um, of course, he calls it hypocrisy. Maybe have a little look at that in a moment. But also he says, until you actually deal with your issues, your personal purity before anybody else's, you cannot see clearly. That's interesting, isn't it? To be able to see uh, clearly uh, what's, what's actually going on. And we looked at, didn't we, things that really block our vision. Um, distractions, of course, darkness, obviously. Um, our hatred of somebody, that can really cause, a, 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 well, when John says we can't see properly, don't know where we're going. Obviously, the devil puts things in our way to stop us seeing disobedience and disappointments. Lots of things stop us seeing clearly. And God wants us to be able to see clearly um, because he wants us to be able to, he wants us to be able to speak into someone. Now, when he's talking about judging, people say, oh, you mustn't judge. Well, that's really not what he's talking about because a little bit further on, he says, no, there'll be false prophets false teachers, false teachings going on. He said, you need to know that that's not right. 
But now he's talking here about actually judging somebody particularly when you really um, have got lots of things going on there. Uh, my mother, um, many wise words, didn't always agree with her, of course, uh, but no. Um, she used to say this, and I thought very interesting, and the Lord taught her this. Sometimes you see faults in others very clearly that actually are in you, that the Lord is showing them <laughs> through others. And I tell you what, I, that's a lot of truth in that. You see some, something in others, you think, oh, that's just annoying me. And then just a little bit further on, you just a whisper into your heart, Holy Spirit is good at that, isn't he? Dave, perhaps you're a little bit like that. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Um, but we can be so easily uh, self-deceived, and we? we so easily see. Let's read. Um, we know this is true even when we are godly. We've got to be careful. 2 Samuel. 12. And the Lord sent uh, Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in the city, one rich and one other poor. And the rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup, and lay in the bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveller unto the rich man, and he spared to, to take of his own flock out of his own herd, to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him. But took of the poor man's lamb, and dressed it for that man that was come up to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against that man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, that man, and that which he has done, he shall surely die. And he said, he, he, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said unto David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of thy hand. That's all. Now David was very, I mean, he was so vehement. And I can always be careful when I get really annoyed over a certain situation. I'm thinking, wait a minute now. Because uh, David was so, I mean, he wasn't, he'd lost all his temper. God, gone, wouldn't he? Get him here! He's going to lose his life for that. And he was so, he could see clearly that this was so wrong. But he'd been living in sin. Yeah, probably nearly a year, isn't it? And, and the Lord had afflicted him. I mean, you can read some of the Psalms. They say he may have even had, a, had leprosy. Certainly, it was a, there was a great affliction on him. His bones, he said, were, were, were aching. Yet he couldn't see it. Because, see, unconfessed sin blinds us. Blinds us our own faults but we can still see clear and, and so we see there David the man after God's own heart could see it very clear but he had a massive plank in his own name didn't he and uh, so so that's that's the the a great example and that's why Jesus said be very careful be very careful because we are prone to look um, uh, at those and not ourselves and now we know this again this is a great story but again it typifies um, Looking at ourselves and not looking at ourselves clearly. Uh, Luke 18, 9-4. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, and I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, 
would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Very clear, isn't it? You know, he 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 was I I I I've done this, I've done that. I'm not like him. I'm not like yeah. And um, of course, if you read about the Pharisees, those particular sins he mentioned, they were quite quite particular to them. Certainly, greed and extortion and all those things. Um, and so, uh, the problem is when we don't see clearly. Um, the Bible says we become self deception, and that is. Uh, I, I think I read this before. Pascal said the threat to our moral life. Is not um, is neither ignorance of moral law, nor moral weakness, but self-deception, but self-deception, not seeing clearly who we are, what we are, um, and e- easily deflecting. We love to deflect all oh, this, that, and the other, but um, and so we know that's true, because the the last uh, church, uh, the seventh church in Revelation, I suppose that typifies the last day's church, if you like, um, is a classic example. And let's read our Revelation 3. I know your works, that you are neither cold or hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. <clears throat> so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spit on. Vomit you out of my mouth, because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, anoint your eyes with it, I sell, that you may see. So, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and tea with me. You see those verses, uh, we always we love those verses, of course, to when we preach the gospel, but they're really to the church, aren't they? He's outside the church, not outside, you know. And that's the sad thing. And uh, the church didn't know. They, they, their estimation of themselves was pretty good. We said we, we're wealthy, we've acquired, we can we this, and, and the Lord's estimation, totally different. And that's why, as we say, breaking of bread is so vital because we examine our hearts, we open our lives up every day to the Holy Spirit just to let him sweep through because we're easily deceived, easily deceived. Uh, we just read James 1, he said, now do not be deceived. Don't just listen to the word. Do it, otherwise you will deceive yourself, isn't it? And now we can have, we know, might know all the verses, but I wonder how we apply them, isn't it? Ah, loving the enemies, praying for those who persecute us, uh, forgiving those, going the extra mile, and we can list, list, go list on and on and on. We know the verses, but do we do them? Do we, do we actually 
do them. Otherwise, he says, we'll deceive ourselves. Um, so deception, self-deception, terrible thing. Um, 1 John says, 1 John 1, if you say you're without sin, you're joking. He said, you deceive yourselves. Um, and so very clearly, personal purity, and he says there, first, again, in Matthew 5, 6, 7, you will find three firsts, uh, all very interesting firsts. Uh, that you must do well if it's first is first isn't it <laughs> and this he said first deal with yourself um, and that's why he's, he's asking because the Pharisees uh, loved to point a finger and they, they, their words were true remember their words they honour me with their lips and he said he said didn't he now do as they say because they, they, they'll don't do as they do because their hearts are far from me and that's great great hypocrisy and this is um, Matthew 23, where Jesus is, is going through, he's using the word woe, which is a, it's a real strong word. When he says that, there's really a, a, a weight on it, a curse on it, I suppose. Uh, Matthew 23, 25, 26. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and ditch, but inside... They are full of greed and self-indulgence. Lying Pharisee, first clean inside of the cup and ditch, and then the outside also will be clean. See, the whole essence, I suppose, of uh, Matthew 5, 6, 7, and lots of things, again, going on, but really the Lord is, is taking the law and he's saying, now you, you, you were applying it externally. He said, now, look, we're going from external where you may look okay, but really inside is a real mess, isn't he? And he, he says to the Pharisees, like whitewashed tombs. You look pretty good on the outside, but you're full of dead men's bones. And he said, I'm going to take this and change. That's why he says, now you say it's wrong to commit adultery, but let me tell you this. If you look, he said, you murder's wrong, yes, but if you say with anger, you fool see God is taking that the, the, the external and applied internally and that's why you can say your righteousness has to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees why because we need to be born again because those things are impossible without the life of Christ in us uh, and we can we can arrange our lives and some of us are better than each other and some of, them, some of us are nicer than each other but when we see those principles really outworked um, in Matthew 5 6 and 7 only born again, only Jesus in us can really change that. And that's what he's asking for. He's coming in, changes day by day by day. But he says, first, 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 get yourself in order. That plank in your idea, get it out. Uh, oh, I can see the speck in other people's eyes very clearly, very easily. Pretty good at that. Um, how about the next uh, questions in Matthew 7? Oh, what man or what man is there of you who, if his son asks bread, will he give him a yeah, yeah. Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a soup? Yeah. Ah, interesting, interesting. Uh, the generosity of fathers. Of course. Aren't we generous? Dear me. Let's read all those verses. Again, get a bit of context. Matthew 7, 7 to 12. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Mm. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. 
which of you, if your son asks for bread, and give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, through your evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. Well, this is a sums. This will sums up the law of the prophets. Amen. Um, what a great invitation. The Lord is, is inviting us to greater intimacy than he asks. And of course, when we, we know those words, we sing it, don't we? Uh, I used to sing it in Sunday school, ask, 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 and it shall be given you. And that's the principle. That's the context. That's the tense. Ask. Ask, ask, ask. Keep asking in present continuous. Keep going. And of course, the, the invitation is the Lord for intimacy. And of course, once we understand intimacy, we understand the Father. And so our children, they know us. So when they come and say, Dad, can I have this? Can I have that? Generally, they know we are soft, don't we? Ah, you are. Here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's a bob. Oh, I'll give you two bob. Yeah. Got ten bob. Here's ten bob for you. Uh, yeah. And, and incidentally, the Lord is not really addressing us, but he tells us very clearly of man's depravity. Um, see, what, what we are told, the world tells us this, man is essentially good, but does evil things. That's what you will hear, and that's what you will hear on the news and anything else, humanism and all that. Now, Jesus is not saying that. He's telling us very clear. If you who are evil, now essentially at our nature, at our root, we are evil, but we are capable of doing good because we are still making our image is marred, of course, outside of Christ. We are still able to do good because we are made in his image. But essentially, our nature is depraved. It's evil. And so he's saying, look, if those who are evil know how to give good things, you think I know what a gift to hear me. Um, and Luke puts a little spin on this because... Of course, straight away, um, our flesh rises up. Oh, the Lord is my Father. He will give me this and he will give me that and he will give me the other. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, we may come before him and say, Lord, I want this. And uh, when we don't get it, we get upset, don't we? But remember, everything is for our best. This, uh, but Luke puts a little bit, just brings a bit of perspective on it. Luke 11, yeah, 9 to 13. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will, you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So he's really speaking. He's wanting us to ask for the most important things, isn't he? Um, Holy Spirit in us, filling us, overflowing us. Because he's a good father, he will, he will, he will. Um, of course, God is essentially good, so everything he gives is good. Even when we think it's not. Even when it's a difficulty, even when it's a problem, even when it's a circumstance, it's good. Because God has got a greater, higher purpose than you think. You are mourning, you are groaning, Lord, I don't like this, this is difficult, this is hard. And God is saying, I'm doing a work. Trust me, trust me. I was thinking about Leviticus, we talked about Leviticus, and um, in there and he gives, he gives a rules, lots of rules and, and regulations. Sometimes he explains why. 
But sometimes EJ said no, because Dad says so. And uh, we, as, we as parents have said, haven't we? Why should I do that? Because I said so. And uh, uh, God doesn't use that necessarily that tone, but he could, because he, is, he does know best. And he doesn't have to give us a reason why, because he knows best. And we, sometimes we can't handle the, the, the reasons and the truth, uh, but in eternity we'll understand. So the generosity of God. Then that, of course, in Matthew, he says that should affect how you treat others. He said, treat others as you want to be treated. That's interesting, isn't it? Oh, that's a real, real humdinger. Ah, I think about that one. But good gifts. Our God is generous. Of course, everything we have, he gives. Nothing's earned, nothing's in. God's love the will he's given. Come unto me or I will give you rest. I give, I give. His heart is giving. So when we get saved, our heart is a giving heart. We are generous. If we're not generous, then, oh, help us, Lord, to really examine if the Lord is there. Uh, Romans 8, 31-32. Uh, title, More Than Conquerors. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spared his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to thy is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. That's it, yeah. Um, will he graciously not give us all things? Verse 32, if he sent Jesus to die for our sins, do you think there's anything that he wouldn't give us that we need? Again, be careful about our needs and our wants and our greeds. There are many, there's <laughs> a big difference, isn't it? There's a big difference and um, but God, if there's a need that you need, the Bible is very clear. He supplies that need. He's a good father. That's why there's no, in the context again in Matthew five six seven, he's revealing God as father, and that's why for us who've had good fathers, that's a, that's a wonderful thing. Again, as we've said many times, for us who fathers have not been what they should have been, we've got to work that through. We've got to get into God's word. We've got to allow God to, to change us and to you know, see him as he is. Um, so for everything, a good, good God, a good father. Um, Romans 10, I think that's you, Romans 10, 12 to 13. Well, there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Bless the Lord. He is rich to anyone who calls on him. Bless the Lord. Isn't that good? Mm-hmm. Bless the, again, again, take the, the worldly mentality out. As soon as we say rich, there we are. We, we have assets running around our mind, don't we? Oh dear, they are so temporal, aren't they? All the things that will be left behind, but he's rich in all the things that we would need, in all the things that we, 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 we should have. He's rich towards us and calls on us. And you know, he is good, isn't he? Every, uh, James says, don't be deceived. Everything that's good, perfect, comes from him. Um, 
Don't, don't believe the devil's lies, isn't he? He will say, oh, well, what, he doesn't want this for you. He doesn't want you to do that. Yeah. Look, everything God asks us to do or not to do, he knows best, isn't he? As we just said, Dad said so, and he, he knows best. So uh, the generosity of God. Oh, bless the Lord. Um, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. For you, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Bless the Lord. Standing before God, we are absolutely bereft, aren't we? We have nothing to offer. We have, <laughs> why God would want to use us, save us indeed, we don't know. But because he became poor, we can become rich before him. Rich in righteousness, rich in his, his character, uh, rich uh, in our relationship with him. What a great God. And he made, the, he made it possible. And all we have to do is receive it. Position ourselves to receive it. We don't have to earn it, work for it, but we have to position ourselves, don't we? It's no good saying, oh, then, no, no, no. We have to position ourselves. That's why he says, draw near. Draw near. That's why he just said, ask, ask, ask. Knock, knock, knock. Be in that place where we... See, when we're continually asking, continually knocking, continually seeking, there's continual faith life. Because we're dependent on him. When we're asking of him, when we are relying on him, when we're seeking him, we are always looking to him. Faith in him, dependence on him. So he's, he's again. And there's one last question, which really is not a question um, that Jesus is asking, but he, he poses it as a question. Did anyone pick that one up? Um, is it verse 16? You shall know them by their fruits. Or is it 22? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I didn't look at that one this time, but that is that is a good one. Yeah, um, again, that that's what we talked about: the difference between judging and really judging correctly, isn't it? Um, he's saying, you know, obvious. Look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. There's one I was looking at a little bit further on. Uh, let's read those verses: Matthew seven, uh, twenty-one, twenty-seven. talking there he, he throws a question in that one day we'll all stand before him and some will say this some, some will say did we not did we not do this did we not do that and uh, there's passion there's um, there's great activity but their hearts their hearts he said I never knew you and ultimately you were lawless you were doing as you wanted there was no real change and, and he puts that that sort of story right next to it because again remember we read verses before and after to get context he talks about the rich uh, the rich <laughs> the wise and the foolish man the wise man putting God's word in place 
God's word, God's standard above anything else, above everything else. See, if we're in relationship with him, we want to do his will because we know his, his will is best. So what is his will? His word. So we put his word and we'll build our lives on it, our foundation, our, our, our decisions. Everything will be founded on his word. Will we, will we trip up? Yes, of course. But then what we do, we come back. And Lord, we say, Lord, I, I want to do your will. True discipleship is knowing him. Um, of course, because there he says, I, I, I don't know you. What about these verses? This is a real, again, a real strong verses from Jesus. Luke 13, 24, 27. Make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and will stand outside knocking and pleading. Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I do not know you or where you come from. Then you will say, we ate and drank with you and you taught in, in, in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. Lord, did we not go to church? Did we not sit and listen to your word? Yes, but I didn't know you. I don't know you. You were never born again. You were never changed. You're workers of iniquity. You're workers of law. God, my word was not your priority. Why? Because you weren't in relationship with me. Because he says, faithful, in James 1 we said, faithful, the faithful... Christianity is not being spotted by the world, looking like Jesus, acting like Jesus. And if those are not our priorities, and he's saying, well, I don't know you. You still have a heart that wants to go its own way. Lawlessness, wickedness. Um, and so he says, they, they will ask me those questions. And that's, that's those verses always, I don't know, they shake me. They shake me. Didn't we do this though? Didn't we prophesy? Didn't we drive out demons? I didn't know you. Our greatest priority is to know the Lord. Again, not to dismiss those miracles and signs and wonders because they are absolutely essential, especially in these last days. Our last verse, um, Matthew 10. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not, does not take his cross and follow me it's not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life, for my sake, will find it. Again, we, we sometimes sort of cower away from those verses, but Jesus' words, aren't they? <laughs> so we, we've got to take them as they are. Those words are vital. And we, he understands that, you know, when we love Jesus first, when we're in relationship with him and we're caught up with him, we know some who have been walking on this road long, long enough, that we can love our family far, far better. We can love the unlovely people. In fact, it's impossible. If, we're not, if you haven't got anything from them, if you're not receiving from the Lord, it's impossible to love those unlovely people, even in our families. <laughs> As I said, you can't choose your family, choose your friends. Um, and so, so we, have, we have this principle of true discipleship, knowing him, doing his will, because when we know him, we want to do his will. Um, so those great questions tonight. Um, Self-deception, personal purity first, Lord, me and you first, dealing with that. 
the generosity of God. What do we need tonight? Get into his presence. Ask, ask, ask. Seek, seek, seek. Knock, 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 knock. As we said the other day, sometimes, well, more than sometimes, more often than not, those, those needs are really God's way of getting us into his presence that we know him, that we know him. Remember Hannah, her great need was a baby that she thought, but when she got into God's presence, that she was caught up with him, and then she, she said, there's none like you, none as holy as my God. There's none beside thee, neither is there any God. Jacob thought his great problem, his great, his great prayer request was Esau. But as soon as he got into his, the God's presence, Esau faded away and he wanted the blessing of God. He wanted to know God. What is your name? I want to, And so that's um, uh, great, uh, great questions from the Lord to pursue us and get our hearts right. And of course, those, uh, again, the fruits, by the fruits you shall know them. Again, that's our test of our lives, isn't it? Test, you know, uh, if we have a good root, if we have roots rooted in Christ, the fruit will be the fruit of the Spirit. And of course, ultimately, are we doing the will of the Father? Oh, bless the Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.